Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. This is the COB, your day in business, markets, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney. On the 15th of July, how are you doing, Scuddy? It's fantastic to be here. As always, it's a Thursday. Looking forward to this chat. Not a lot to talk about elsewhere at home at the moment. No, well, yeah, it's nice to have real humans uh, it's socially distanced in the studio, but still, nonetheless, to speak with oh, I'm in, in my person. bubble in so many different ways. Yeah, I know. Listen, it was a... Well, you woke up with a little bit of angst this morning, didn't you, reading Jay Powell's comments from overnight? Uh, my blood pressure probably went up a little bit. <laughs> I won't lie. Um, yeah, this, uh, this whole idea about uh, when the Fed's made substantial progress towards its policy mandates, uh, I think it's unforgivable that he can't go and actually explain what that means uh we know that it's our uh, tapering's due but uh it just comes across as just making it up as he goes we've got uh inflation's way above target it's proven to be much more uh non-transitory than what he initially said and uh the unemployment rate uh, has fallen about two-thirds from what its uh, peak was last year now i'm starting to go and sit back and wonder and go well what does it take to go and start being proven to be substantial progress and actually start to go and taper and remove some of this emergency uh, era policy, such as QE. And uh, we're still none the wiser. And it's starting to annoy me because uh, the Fed is being held hostage by the markets. And the longer it keeps going and, uh, and doing that, it's just going to create massive problems down the line. Well, listen, health outcomes, right? Uh, jobs, right? Well, speaking of jobs, I mean, I should have started on a lighter note, but we, we, should, we should get there here in Australia. No, with start jobs. with the worst news. Start with <laughs> Scuddy know. being grumpy and I'll get better. Well, Okay, let's get to equities then. We know we love them. A look, the Australian market actually underperformed with the S&P ASX 200 down by 20, yeah, a quarter of a percent, close to 19 points to end the session. So yeah, that's underperforming Japan, which rose by 0.8%. Hang Seng did well, recovering some from some earlier falls, actually driven by tech gains. And a lot of it has to do with uh, look, hints that the PBOC is going to uh, continue to uh, help support the economy. The China data did point to a slowing recovery, but that uh, in a way is to be expected, isn't it? Yeah, and look, you're always going to take the other uh, Chinese data with a grain of salt and whatever else you want to have in between. But uh, I don't even care about the GDP figures, to be honest. Uh, they're very old dated and, uh, and we know that there's a lot of uh, rubberness about them, particularly at the, uh, the provincial level. Uh, which has been proven in the past. So I always look at what's going on, the near-term momentum, those monthly activity indicators. And uh, no, taking at face value, uh, industrial output was, uh, was much stronger than expected in acceleration, fixed asset investments. So like long-lasting infrastructure that's been built, starting to pick up as well. And retail sales, the missing piece of the puzzle, uh, it's starting to come good as well. So putting those two things together uh, certainly gets across that uh, you know, soft landing comes to mind when uh, we're talking about the Chinese economy in the second half of the year. Yep. 
Uh, look, I want to correct myself because it was actually Japan's Nikkei fell today. It was down by more than 1%. Worries there about rising domestic COVID-19 infections. That is uh, the news that we're getting here as well. Uh, and that is with the Victorian state going into a five-day COVID-19 hard lockdown. Now uh, that's just flashing up on my screen now. Yeah, five days. Let's hope it's only five days. Uh, but as uh, we've found out in Sydney uh, with this Delta variant, when it gets loose, it's very hard to keep in front of that curve. And yeah, I'm wondering how long we're going to be in lockdown here in Sydney. But uh, I won't be Davy Downer. Uh, but I suspect it's going to be well past July 30. Yeah, it was interesting because I saw some commentary today saying that it was the Victorian rumours of the lockdown that really helped turn this market negative throughout the day today. Hey, you just wrapped the close that's brought to us by markets.com. What was Claude Walker saying? I mean, he doesn't usually keep a very close eye on day-to-day movements. He's more into those... uh, those growth stocks. I tried to probe him for a, a macro view and he just uh, shut me down in the space of about 10 seconds. So yeah, Claude, Claude knows exactly how to go and handle me and my questions. But uh, yeah, I went, went to his bread and butter, the small cap space, and we came up with some crackers. So I know biotech and Dono talking about logistics and Dono also hiring. So you know, all macro things that I could go and relate to, but he went and uh, dug down and t- gave me a few ideas. Well, we focus on the macro, don't we? So that people can know where to invest their money uh, in in a large degree. And so uh, elsewhere in the market today, ARB was the outperformer, did uh, a 7% gain. St. Barbara as well, both on news. ARB after the market closed yesterday. Uh, interesting, the thematic that we'll likely see now, especially I think with these COVID lockdowns rolling through, that we're not going to be getting potentially a lot of guidance coming from these companies going forward. I mean, well, some say we obsess about guidance too much anyhow, uh, but uh, that's investors like to get a picture of uh, what these companies see coming down the road. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult, uh, particularly domestic uh, orientated companies, ones that are exposed as well from the trade perspective and relying on uh, international markets as well. There's a lot of uncertainty there. So unfortunately, uh, whilst there are some major economies that are opening up, I think that for uh, the local market here, investors will probably have to be uh, content just to go and see. Here's what the report card looks like now. And uh, here's our wide dispersion of estimates as to what could potentially happen because we don't know. We don't. Uh, some of the losers today, Polynovo in that uh, small cap space, growth stocks that uh, Claude likes. Zipco, buy now, pay later, continued to be a theme today. We spoke with the Australian general manager, Andrew Toon, earlier today. You can listen to that interview via the show notes. And we also spoke with Rebecca James from HUM. Uh, she still says that differentiation is what HUM has going for it as they launch uh uh, and a partnership across the Tasman. Again, you know, talked to her about reporting season coming up. I was like asking her about provisions, you know, an improvement because of the rolling back of some provisions that the company had to make in the worst of the crisis. But she was first to say, look, we're in lockdown now in Sydney. Mm. I mean, that makes the going, it makes, it makes things more tough. Yeah, we should be at a cycle low for provisionings, uh, yeah. given where we are at the moment. So I expect that uh, in the next uh, next few quarters or a couple of halves, depending on which way you want to go look at it, uh, once you've seen uh, some of that stimulus money come back and uh, the economy laid bed, hopefully we do get uh, through this uh, lockdown period, I suspect that we'll start to see bad debts creep up. We're already seeing that in the housing market, it has to be uh, already mentioned. Now, the, uh, we only get the official um, report coming from CBA in this um, reporting season coming up. But we do get the quarterlies coming from the other banks. So, yeah, we'll get some insight there. Hey, the miners hit an over nine-week high, continuing to watch iron ore move higher. So Rio BHP up today, Fortescue, seventh straight day of gains for Fortescue coming through. 
Um, we haven't talked about jobs yet. The Australian jobs read. I mean, there was uh, wow in the office when that hit the wires. So mining boom lows. So is this now the ultra easy test for the RBA? No. Uh, and I'd like to see the RBA start to go. And we're seeing a bit of tapering take place as well, of course. But uh, it's it's too early. And we know that what's going on at the moment, the lockdowns, it's going to have an impact uh, on the uh, July figures when they're released uh, next month. Uh, we saw that there was quite a big impact from the, uh, the shortened lockdown that Melbourne just, just came out of, unfortunately, back into a new one. Uh, it had a pretty pronounced impact on underemployment and hours work. So that's going to be two areas to watch. Uh, I had a chat with Kerry Craig from JP Morgan Asset Management about uh, that on the program today as to how long those employers can hang on to their staff in a post-JobKeeper world. Uh, of course, there are similar measures being put in place, but uh, it really comes down to the length of the lockdowns because it's not inevitable that uh, all those staff will be retained and uh, the more times we lock down the chink in the armory for the other uh, small business in particular is going to get uh, weakened sure will uh look let's get to our life-changing stock series this is the second last uh the second last time we'll be doing this for now paradigm biotech and blue chip are coming up from ben clark tms capital and uh, we've also spoke with Nathan summersandrum from deep data analytics let's take a listen so I, I've gone with a business called Paradigm Biotech. Biotechs are companies we normally avoid like the plague. So um, it's, it's quite an unusual one for me. But in the spirit of um, changing lives, this is one I think that could do it. Um, that the people behind it are first class. Um, Paul Rennie's the founder and still the largest shareholder. This, this drug has been around since the 60s. It's been used to treat other conditions. So we know it's safe which is one of the things that can go wrong in these trials. It's well tolerated. It's just does it, will it be proved in a much broader uh, population size to um, ease the um, pain around osteoarthritis? Okay. And if it does, this, um, this company will be worth multiples upon multiples of um, where it's currently trading. But I think you've got to look at what it could be rather than what it is now. Uh, and that's what I'm looking at blue chip, BCT. Um, but the whole concept behind it is it's about uh, transportation of health science and life science samples. I just think the overall blue sky of where this industry that could be in the transport logistics, where this could play into, I think it's massive. And I think this is one to keep, your, uh, keep it on your watch list. When this does start to get traction, get a few more contracts, get that next stage up, that's when you want to jump on. All right, so that is the view on what could potentially make you rich. I mean, let's say it in a different way. That's what it's all about, isn't it? These life-changing stocks. It's not, um, you know, inspirational. It's not spiritual. It is to, yeah, make you money. Yeah. Ben's growing a bit of a lockdown beard there as well on it as well. Looking good, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's pretty cash these days. Got to be going to say we're, we're all party on top or business on top, party on the oh, bottom. <laughs> I promise you I'm still uh, – maybe the waistline's expanding again, but uh, oh. yeah, I, I, promise, I promise you that uh, certainly uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tip top, uh, top to bottom. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> let's get to, I suppose, what we can expect tonight uh, in the U.S. Davish Jerome Powell. Davish Jerome Powell. I mean, why? We could set our clocks to that right now. Um, but look, that is what's moving moving bond markets, at least anyways. Or is it? Yeah, I'm not sure it is, to be honest. Uh, 
we've seen really hot data, and the hotter the data is, the uh, the more punchy the markets are getting when it's bringing forward to uh, a forecast rise of the Fed's fund rate. If the if the Fed wanted to go and play this market right and say that we're going to go and commit, they should do like a you know yield curve control. Say that we're not going to go and move rates to we see like you no know, uh, unemployment back to our pre-pandemic levels before we start you know, increasing that and start tapering QE and steepen that yield curve. Get people talking about positivity and stronger growth, not uh, flattening yield curves and the like. That's what's going on at the moment. Uh, I suspect that that is what's going on because they keep seeing this data, putting pressure on the Fed. They think the Fed will go and have a reaction function to go and tighten sooner than what it currently anticipates. It is the discussion. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time we talked about inflation and transitory and everything else, but such is the way of the world. You can understand why also that. I knew it. Near, near anger that was coming out this morning. Well, yeah. Waking up, reading my feeds, and I was thinking, oh, Scotty. <laughs> um, data on export prices, I'll, import I'll t- prices. I'll tell you when it's where we're going to do it well ahead of time. <laughs> Unemployment claims being released in the U.S. We also get the Empire State Survey and the Philly Fed Index tonight. So we'll be watching those jobless claims with much interest, as always, because that is what the Fed continues to tell us. It's all about uh, jobs. Yeah. All right, I thought you were going to say something oh else no. there. I was thinking about a Philly cheesesteak, <laughs> Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, yeah. It is that time of day. Shall we call it call it a wrap? Yeah, we'll go have a Philly cheesesteak for dinner. <laughs> I'll go see you. Think about that waistline, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, too easy. Bye.